And hi, welcome to another episode of DS Watch on Meals DS Walk. Thank you guys for joining me on this Monday, June 8, 2020. It's been one heck of a week. We're going to touch on the possible kneeling in the NFL, another rejection from the players, from the owners. But I want to start with some good news. Probably, like, probably one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. And I want to give a shout out to ESPN for doing a heck of a job of this documentary yesterday. I'm talking about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, the iconic Kung Fu martial artist, Bruce Lee, who I watched every Friday, Saturday when I was a kid, when Cardinals came on at their 11 p.m. Bruce Lee, the iconic actor who played Kato in the Green Hornet, movies like Way of the Dragon, Inner the Dragon, Fist of Fury. Bruce Lee, was a hero to manga, but Bruce Lee was a philosopher. Bruce Lee, we learned from him a lot of things that we probably never thought that we'll use today. See, when I think of Bruce Lee, I think of discipline. I think of a guy who was disciplined in his mind and the things he do and the things he did. Bruce Lee is an original. When I mean original, I mean there was nobody like him. And yesterday, that documentary explained that because we got an inside view of what Bruce Lee was like as a man, as a father, as a teacher, as a philosopher. The work he put in to try to make it in Hollywood, the work he put in to do what he loved to do, and that is Kung Fu. The way he struggled to make ends meet. The way he loved his kids, his wife, and how big a part he was back in Hong Kong. And one of the things that I found out in that documentary that I actually forgot was that Bruce Lee was born in the United States. So he is born and raised in the Bay Area. I want to say Oakland. It wasn't Oakland, it was San Francisco, but he, he was an American citizen. But he lived the majority of his life over there in uh, Hong Kong. Bruce Lee, if you guys didn't watch the documentary yesterday, y'all missed out. As a matter of fact, they actually planted it today. The way Bruce Lee, the way he brought that energy, the way he brought that energy to the film, the way he brought that energy in his fight scenes, were unbelievable. I never see a man his size could adapt to so many different ways of boxing, excuse me, uh, of fighting. And they showed yesterday how he was watched Muhammad Ali. He would watch basketball, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, and by the way, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in this documentary. And him and Bruce Lee were friends. And he was in one of Bruce Lee movies. And Bruce Lee was his teacher. But the way Bruce Lee trained, the way he just dabbed different styles, it made it his style. 
He didn't make it to try to copycat somebody else. He made it his. Usually, you know, it's amazing how when he first came, let me run back because he was a child actor and he was very successful as a child actor. All right, I missed I missed out on that point. He was a child actor and he was very successful. But when he got older, when he came over here and lived and started acting, it, it it's a, it amazed me how how he struggled. But then again, I shouldn't be because back then, and some in the case right now, Hollywood was so racist. It was so racist towards Asian. And they didn't take to Bruce Lee right away. In fact, Bruce Lee had to work as a stuntman. He had to take backup roles in movies. Like, for example, when he played Kato in The Green Hornet, Van Williams, they show this pay and everything. Van Williams was getting $2,200. The guy below Bruce Lee was getting uh, $1,400. Bruce Lee was only making $450 an episode playing Kato. He was making no money. None. And we talk about a guy who's one of the best martial artists in the world at that time. We talk about a guy whose charisma, a guy who when he comes, to, when he goes on the screen, he brought so much energy, so much everything to it and he was only making $450 playing Kato now you telling me that's not an issue that's that's a huge issue that's a problem Bruce Lee was was one of those guys who you can tell it didn't bother him He would just want to make the money to take care of his family. But his passion was fighting. Like he, his passion was teaching. His passion was philosophy. Like it, he had Hollywood stars, James Gardner, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Were his students that he was personally training. I mean, this guy that we all thought that, how oh, I say, a one-trick pony where he didn't look like a guy who was nice. He didn't look like a guy who embraced you, not uh, America. He didn't look like a guy who you would say, hey, that's a good teacher, but he was all wrong. Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee was that guy. I mean, this documentary, man, it was, it took me way back. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this like, dang, he's teaching a seven foot one guy how to do karate, how to do kung fu. 
and, and like every every student from Hollywood, Seattle, Hong Kong that Bruce Lee has taught all became personal friends. It even says right here, one Gene LaBelle, he was a stuntman. He was a two-time national champion, Juke, Judoka champion. And he was a Hollywood stuntman. He met Bruce Lee on the set of Green Hornet in 1966. Well, the bear promptly scooped up the nun, yet I kind of acted, toss him over his shoulders and carry him around the set in a fireman's lip. And, and, and some things like that, you know, I can't believe it. I ended up what that kind of pissed off Bruce Lee. And to the bell, as it, you know, if you read the story from ESPN, that was his way of reintroducing himself to him. But after all that, they formed a friendship. And not only that, Bruce Lee, who I said, who studied a lot of people, learned how to grapple because of LaBelle, because LaBelle was a grappling champion in North America. And then it goes on to say, Bruce Lee used submission holds to finish opponents in his fight scene, like his classic guillotine choke of Chuck Norris in the way of the dragon. In addition, Bruce Lee worked two worked for years with the likes of Chuck Norris and Joe Lewis, two of the most celebrity non-boxing fighters of their day, before he became an action star. Chuck Norris, I mean, yes, we seen everyone seen that fight in one of the most popular fighting scenes ever made in 19, I want to say 1974 or 1973, The Way of the Dragon. That a wild card that forever fight scene between Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. But they worked together. And, and before then, Chuck Norris was the world middleweight karate champion. So it, it's not like, you know, they brought a scrub in to do the scene with Bruce Lee. No, they brought someone who got some skills. And Joe Lewis has guarded one of the first kickboxing champions in the U.S. And the bridge between karate point fighting era and the full contact boxing we know today. You had athletes. Today's athletes. I think I've seen Tyron Matthew. I've seen a WNBA player. I've seen a lot of football players. I've seen guys in the U.S.C. talk about how Bruce Lee inspired them today and even back then you hear how Sugar Ray Leonard suggests that he's perfect his jab by watching Bruce Lee Manny Pacquiao took his boxing style from the way Bruce Lee fight
Bruce Lee. It just amazes me how, and I'm gonna keep saying this, how Hollywood miss this guy. Miss this guy because they had to do the Enter the Dragon to finally see what Bruce Lee was all about, where they had numerous opportunities to see. Like just imagine how many karate movies could be done by Warner Brothers if they would have gave Bruce Lee the, the opportunity, the chance early on in his career. And I say early on for Bruce Lee, only he died at the age of 32. But just imagine before he did Enter the Dragon. Just imagine if Hollywood, Warner Brothers, would took keen to him. And will start making karate movies. Can we just go ahead and say that Bruce Lee was the first action hero? Can we also say that when it comes to fight scenes, Bruce Lee, even to the day, has one of the best fight scenes of all time? Just pick one. In my opinion, he's the best action hero of all time. I'm sorry. I mean, you got The Rock, you got John Cena, you had Sylvester Stallone, you had uh, John Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal. Bruce Lee, hands down, is probably the best action hero that we had. Probably one of the best, the best action fighter that we had. Nobody, even Jack Chan, nobody has ever came close. And what I love also about this documentary is that it went into more detail of his move to Seattle. It went into more detail how he began to start training other in martial arts. How he taught people how to do the Wing Chun, his minimum fighter style. It's like, it, it feels so good to hear that a guy like Bruce Lee, who has his own style of fighting, was given back to others, given back to others by showing his style of fighting. And I love how they talk about how Bruce Lee fought Yoshi, Yoshi Nachi, a Japanese karate black belt. And they fought at the local IMCA. And Bruce Lee beat him in 11 seconds. 11 seconds. With inferior punches. And a kick to the head. Just for good measure. I mean, it's all these stories. It's like legendary stories that you never heard of or stuff you heard of you just didn't know about until now like this one when uh when, in 1964 when bruce lee was there in the Oakland, uh ed parker the founder of american kimpo and perhaps the country's first karate entrepreneur invited lee to the long beach and the long beach air national karate championship their league a centauri Performed demonstrating his one-inch punch, finger push-ups, kung fu techniques. We also gave a lecture. 
See, that's one thing that Bruce Lee is always known for, is that Bruce Lee will give you a lecture. That's who he was. He was he's a philosopher. And one of, the, one of the ones he did, he talked about was what everyone know about now is be like water. And be like water, he's talking about is, is that be like water is making its way through the cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object, and you should find a way around or through it. It's nothing within you stays rigid. Outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water in a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water in a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. That was Bruce Lee. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. And, you know, through the years, we've seen Bruce Lee movies made about his life. We've seen documentaries. But ESPN was on point with it. It's, it's been a lot of people like like one example one Jack May he, when he was 23 he tried to open up a karate school unsuccessful Bruce Lee was successful doing this I just want to say how many of us could do a one finger push up a lot of us can't do a, a regular push up a one finger push up one finger that's that's crazy that's crazy and I will agree with this what a lot of people said was that Bruce Lee was ahead of his time like Bruce Lee was a gift from God he was special I mean he he was taken away from us too early too soon, because I kind of we all I kind of felt like Bruce Lee. Was, if he was here today, man, the stuff that he could be teaching, the stuff that the knowledge that he could be giving all to the young, to all the young people who wants to be karate masters, kung fu master. I mean, just think. When you watch a UFC, boxing, kickboxing, all of them had took some of some of Bruce Lee, took some of his style, and they're using it. And another thing we got to see is how Bruce Lee with his kids. How he's with uh, Shannon and how he's with Brandon, and how much he loved them, how much he loved being around them, how much he loved his wife. And you know, even it, it's it's amazing, you know. I mean, look, I'm the one of the few who say, like, man, when you get to see. These athletes, these superstars, 
behind the camera. We get to see how they are with their families, man. That tells a lot about them. Now, we also got to see his daughter, Shannon, fifth one right now. And she talks about how how she remembers her dad because he died because he died when she was four years old. And now she's 51. She's the chairperson of the board of directors for the Bruce Lee Foundation. And she talks about how growing up she felt sadness. And that she didn't have any tangible memories of her father. But she was four years old when he passed away. And for so long throughout throughout her childhood even her adulthood, she yearned for those visuals and auditory memories, and that would draw her, draw her closer to him, beyond a picture of the of the two of them together. And she goes on to talk about how she has a different memory of him in the form of his energy, and she said, "For a long time, I felt like I had a weird secret." It was one of those things where you know you have a feeling about something and the feeling is really strong and you keep thinking, am I crazy? Am I crazy, right? How could I have a memory of this energy? But then I started to think about it and for me, the feeling was I knew this person. And that, and that's really the one way to describe it. I know this person deeply. My father, without really remembering the time we shared for those four years before his death, from cerebral edema, brain swelling, in the case thought to be caused by hypersensitivity to a medication. Bruce Lee died at the age of 32 in 1973. And she was saying the place of memory, she had actually had memories of his energy, presence, and love. And she talks about how, you know, her father is the martial artist, the movie star, the cultural icon, the philosopher. But she even said that there is so much I know about my father from the martial arts teaching, arts teaching, movie, philosophy, and all of these aspects of my father's life helped me connect to his memory of his energy. That's deep, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's really deep. And she talks about how her mom, Linda Lee Caldwell, always allowed her and her late brother, Brandon, who passed away in his 20s. She allowed them to watch all their father's film, even when they were too young to really know what was taking place. And she's talking about how they had his was hanging everywhere in their home. When he was filming, we'll go to the set. We were watching films in theater. We were watching VHS. And when I was little after his death, I caught on to his energy in each film. His energy just pops off the screen and you're instantly met. Magnetized. And she's right. He is a force of nature. And she talked about, also talked about how he gave martial arts lessons to everybody in the household. It didn't matter if he was four. It didn't matter if he was four, nine. Everybody learned martial arts in the house. 
her and Brandon both got into acting in the early 20s. Brandon died. Brandon Lee died in 1993 when he was accidentally shot and killed at age of 28 by a private gun on the set while filming the pro. think about what could have been to see Brandon Lee and Bruce Lee in a movie together. Father and son. That would have been great. So if you haven't checked out the 30 for 30 on Bruce Lee, please do. It's one of the best documentaries made. You get to see Bruce Lee in a different light, in a different way. Um, it's two hours long. It's worth it. So please, if you got the chance, please check it out. Today, Major League Baseball made a proposal to the players. And, well, again, let's just be honest, it got rejected. It got rejected. They proposed the 76 game season. Where the players will get their full prorated. I'm gonna read to Ashley. I had the proposal pulled. I'm gonna read it to you. Major Baseball made an update proposal to the 2020 season to his players union on Monday, moving to have a 76 game season with players getting 75% of their prorated salary. That included a limit. Includes eliminated draft pick compensation for free agents for a year, a 200 million postseason pool for players, and postseason that ends no later than October 31st. Players say no. Now, here's a positive I can take from this they're talking. Here's a negative I take from it. Every proposal keeps getting rejected. The money in the postseason pool gets bigger. It's seventy-five percent of the. They get seventy-five percent of prorated salary. I think Major League Baseball. I understand you giving the players everything they want, but how about making that hundred percent? Now the only thing I will agree with Major League Baseball. They don't need to play in between seventy-six and eighty-five games. You don't want to go play 114 game, 120 game season because now you're talking about the season going to end somewhere in November, December, and you're competing against the NBA and the king of all sports, the NFL, who I'm going to get to after this. So you don't want to compete with them because, let's face it, if you compete with those two sports, nobody's not going to watch you. So on that front, I agree with the owners. Hey, look. 76, 85, 82 season. You get more playoff teams, eight. The revolution, the money in the postseason is bigger. So on that front, I, 
other than I kind of think when it comes to the full pro rating with the player salary, I think that needs to go up from the same price, maybe to a hundred. You give the players, hey, let's give them more money in the regular season. They already taken a, they already agreed to a pay cut. Let's go back to the original pay cut they agreed to. But I do agree with Major Baseball, the short season, more teams in the postseason, and they're putting in more money for the postseason as well. I mean, look, time is running out. Time is ticking. They have to agree. They have to agree on something soon. But we can't go out and not have baseball. We need baseball. We also have our president tweeting that I'm going to sum it up. It's the NFL going back on their word that the players take a knee during the national anthem. My humble opinion, players are going to take a knee. And they are going to peacefully protest this year. So get ready for it. I understand fans will be mad. Sponsors going to be mad. President going to be mad. But you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And nobody cares. Deal with it. It's going to happen regardless if you like or not. And I will touch more on this tomorrow. Thank you for listening to my show. I appreciate you. Everyone be safe. Peace out.